What's up, everyone? Welcome back to NFL Only here on Spark Talk. And today we are back with the week 14 recap. And I want to apologize for missing last week's predictions. Um, it's just uh, that the Anchor app wasn't working for some reason. It wouldn't let me go into the app and it wouldn't let me uh, start. It wouldn't even let me get to like the home screen of it and it would like crash on me. So a little bit of technical difficulties to where we couldn't get up the uh, predictions podcast Uh last week and then this week we were aiming for Tuesday to get the recap and obviously uh you know listen to the podcast we've uh I'll, I know I'm going to Western Kentucky here in Bowling Green Kentucky and uh you know they had a huge tornado I know it's been a national uh news story over the past couple of days and uh the wi-fi you know still wasn't working uh, you know in my apartment so at the time and I couldn't uh we weren't able to record um you know on Tuesday morning but now we're able to record I get my wi-fi back and uh I can't wait to get into this week uh week was it week 14 this week's going by fast here yeah week 14 of the NFL season we have four more weeks left before postseason and it's going to be very very exciting to uh to see to see how all this shakes out, but let's start off with this Thursday uh, this Thursday night game. We got the Steelers at Minnesota. What a great game this was! We almost saw the biggest comeback in NFL history. We saw Pat Fryermuth have the ball in his hands, and what a great play by Harrison Smith just to knock it out at the last second to end the game and to win the game for Minnesota. Uh, I'll say this about Pittsburgh: Yes, it looked awful in the first half. Uh, but the will and the fight to come back in this game shows a lot about your team and shows a lot about the character of this team and their willingness to leave it all out there for what looks like to be Ben's last season uh, in the NFL. And, you know, it, it this team's going to fight to the very end, and we're seeing that now. They're going to fight to the very end. Uh, I just don't think they're they're a good enough team to to make the postseason, unfortunately. Um, but what a story this would be, though, if Pittsburgh's able to get in and Ben's able to get a Super Bowl run his last season, just like Jerome Bettis did. That would be that be an incredible story. But I just don't see it happening. Uh, it's just a it, it's this team isn't that isn't good enough, and unfortunately they had to release some players that they probably didn't want to because of cap space. Uh, after the COVID season with the uh, salary or with the cap uh, with the cap room shrinking a little bit this past season because of COVID and uh, them having to release some players. Uh, and their team just got a lot worse this offseason. But the ability to have a great coach in Mike Tomlin and have a veteran leadership on this team on both sides of the ball where Cameron Hayward, TJ Watt, Megan Fitzpatrick on the defense. Then you have Ben Roethlisberger on the offense. And I'm not going to say more than that because Trace Claypool's antics at the end of the game is still, it's, uh, I, I, I wouldn't want him on my team. I wouldn't want him on my team. Uh, it's what, celebrating with 30 seconds left is, is insane to me. Uh, and wasting that much time, wasting probably two more plays that your team could have had a, a shot at the end zone 
is insane to me. And then the blaming on your offensive lineman in the press conference after is absurd. Is absurd to me. And it's I think it's a pathetic. It's pathetic. It shows that he has no maturity. It shows that you know the this we 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 know Mike Tomlin runs a very loose ship over in Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, we've had this for a while. We've always had players, you know, media always come out and there's always something out in the media where, you know, Pittsburgh players doing something stupid, uh, whether it be Antonio Brown, whether it be Juju, whether it be, you know, now Chase Claypool. Uh, it's a uh, it, it's it still baffles me. It's I, I think he needs to he needs discipline. He needs some discipline. And Mike Tomlin's an amazing coach. He's one of the best coaches in the NFL at the moment. But. That have not have the discipline to know your situation is it's pathetic. It's to say the least, especially in a situation where it might cost your team a playoff game. It or a playoff a playoff spot is insane to me. And it's very it's just very short sighted. It feels that Chase Claypool, when it comes contract time, only cares about money. Doesn't really care about winning. And Chase Claypool is the type of I feel like the type of guy that We'll go to, like, the Texans or go to, like, Jacksonville and get paid a lot, but won't do a lot there. And I feel like just Chase Claypool needs that. He needs to mature. Juju needs to mature uh, on this team if they ever want to do anything. Uh, because wide receivers' careers are short-lived. Because then you're going to find somebody with the same attributes, with the same physical abilities that – that you have that they're they're gonna find and they're gonna replace you with. It's 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 NFL is very short lived. That it's uh, not for long is the other slogan for the NFL for a reason. It's you have to mature quickly in the NFL. You do, and it it just it's it's it was pathetic to see that uh, and how he handled that at the end of the game. And then going to Minnesota here, you know they're just a good football team. They're just a really good football team. Their record doesn't indicate, you know, the how good they actually are, in my opinion. Um, but I'll say this: they ran all over Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh's run defense has been a huge issue. I think they're last in the NFL at the moment in uh, run defense, and it just keeps getting worse and worse. Over 200 yards to Dalvin Cook this week. It's it's not a good look. It is not a good look. And uh, yeah, when Kirk Cousins completes less than 50% of his passes in only 30 and only 30 attempts and they still put up 36 points on you that tells a lot about your run defense uh, but all in all great one for Minnesota you know sucky one for the Steelers and Big Ben's probably title hopes on his last season maybe but you know there's still they, this team has a lot of fight in them and you know we'll see how it shakes out uh, in the last four weeks of the season. But we'll go over here to Dallas and Washington. Um, you know, I just want to hit some of the main points on this game here. Um, and it just turnovers. Uh, Washington really beat themselves in this game. Um, Cowboys put up how many points here real quick? So they put up eight. They put up... Yeah, so they got another touchdown. So what, they put up four. They put up a 15. Uh on Washington in the, uh, you know, on turnovers in the first half. And then um, if you kind of look over on the next side, they put up three. It's, it's, it's not, it's, it's, they beat themselves. 
That's all, that's all you have to say. They beat themselves. You let up 18 points off of turnovers, especially with the Dallas team that wasn't really pushing the ball down the field. They pushed it down a couple times, but they didn't really do much on the offensive end. And I think Dak had one of his worst games of the season, or maybe the worst game of the season. Those two interceptions were really bad throws. One was an overthrow, and one was a just a bad decision where he didn't see uh, Holcomb underneath, and he threw it and got intercepted. Uh, this this Dallas team did not play well, but Washington played even worse, and that says a lot. Uh, it's it was very frustrating watching this game. It it really was. It was very very frustrating. Kyle Allen throwing a dime to DeAndre Carter just for him to drop it, and then the next play is the game ending play where he, you know, fumbles. Uh, is insane. Is insane to me. It, it it just you beat you beat yourself, four turnovers. It, it's that one in football. I don't care how good your team is or how bad the other team's playing. Four turnovers isn't going to win you a football game. That's insane to me. That how badly they beat themselves in this game, uh, and maybe just cost themselves a shot winning the NFC, winning the NFC East. It's. It was just a bad performance all around by Washington. It wasn't even a good performance, in my opinion, by Dallas necessarily. A couple of those throws were just terrible. There was a couple of there there was a really good interception by Randy Randy Gregory where he took the ball up in the air on the screen pass and he got intercepted. Uh, but just watch them beat themselves. You got to hold on to the football in those situations, and they didn't, and it and it cost them the game. But a good one by Dallas that puts them even closer. To win the division, I think they're they win next week. They clinch it. I want to say, or they win in Washington and Philadelphia lose. They they clinch it. Uh, I want to say, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Let me let me double check this. Real. I I want to say, who does Dallas play here next week? I know Washington and Philadelphia play next week. Wash. Oh, they play the Giants, and they are one, two. Three, yeah, the three and zero in the division. They have three games left to play. If they win that one. Where's Washington at in the division? Uh, real quick. So Washington is one. Oh wow, they've only played two games. So yeah, they're one and one uh, right now. And if they lose to Philadelphia, then I think. Uh, Cowboys won the division. I, I think I want to say they won the division, but if not, it will be in two weeks. I watched if Dallas can win their next two games against um, Giant against the Giants and against Washington again. They clinched the division, which is something that I know Cowboys fans have been looking forward to the last couple of years is getting back in the postseason. But a good one by Dallas to win when you're playing that badly, or to win when you're playing that that badly says a lot. Uh, this is a lot about the other team, too. But good one by Dallas. Really, really bad loss by uh, Washington. So we'll move on here to San Francisco at Cincinnati. And this was a great game. Uh, one thing that I took away from it is Cincinnati, you know, Zach Taylor comes from the Sean McVay. Sean McVay comes from the Kyle Shanahan or the the uh, Mike Shanahan tree and all that. And, you know, when you look at Sean McVay and you look at Kyle Shanahan, uh you see their offenses, and they just look too much. They look too much of the same. They look too similar to me. Uh, and then you go to Zach Taylor. 
over here in Cincinnati. And this offense looks completely different than, uh, than uh, you know, Shanahan and McVay. But... But it's uh, but it's sprinkled in with some of the similar similarities in it, and this offense is I think going to be very dynamic once they you know can pad that offensive line, and maybe get a star running back in there or just a good running back because I think uh, Joe Mixon I think he's good, uh, but I think he's more of a threat outside or out of the backfield as a receiver than somebody who's going to run the football. Um, and I think they need somebody to maybe just compliment him coming out of the backfield. And I don't think P. Ron's that guy. Uh, but but what this is a good game, though. This was a good game. I thought Jimmy G played really good. He made some really good throws, um, especially the one to George Kittle. Uh, I think right before half where he caught the ball and he dove in the end zone. That was just a beautiful throw. He put it right on the money. And then obviously the uh, you know the game-winning touchdown there with uh, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, you know, we see we. I think we take some of those easier throws for granted, and uh, and you know he makes the throw. Brandon makes a great play, dives into the end zone, wins the game for San Francisco. Uh, this, this San Francisco team just keeps fighting and keeps finding ways to win. They're five and two on the road. They're five and two. That means they're two and four at home. And the thing is, with the way they're playing, the way everything's falling, they'll be on the road going into the postseason. And that's where that's where they've been playing their best football. That's where they've been playing their best football, and they and they get Atlanta next week, next Sunday. It's going to be it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very very uh, interesting to see how this shakes out. Shakes out. They get Atlanta. They get Tennessee, which they, you know they, I think they go one on one in those scenarios, and then they get the Texans and they get the Rams to close out the last two games. They could easily go two and two in the stretch, finish up nine and uh, nine and eight, and be a sixth spot in the NFC. And that's just that's just how that's just how the NFC has fallen this this week, um, or this week this year. Um, but this was a good win by San Francisco. I think Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. I just want to highlight how uh, you know great their chemistry is. Uh, Jamar Chase did have that drop early in the game, but. It, but their chemistry is just phenomenal. Then you add in T. Higgins, and this offense is going to be very dynamic. I'm just looking toward the future with this Cincinnati offense. It's going to be very, 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 very fun to watch. Um, especially if they can get an old line around Joe Burrow. Five sacks isn't going to do it. And I know San Francisco had five sacks as, or get or let five sacks as well. But just Cincinnati, I think just their offense can be a lot more explosive than what the one that's shown. Uh, at times this year, but I think a lot of that has to do with the offensive line. But it's just this offense is going to be something special if they can pad that offensive line, and their defense just keeps getting better and better. But this is a great win by San Francisco. It keeps them in the hunt. Um, it keeps them in that playoff spot. It kind of solidifies that seven spot for them, or the, uh, the six spot for them. And they just keep, you keep just trekking along here with San Francisco, and eventually. You know, it's going. It's they're going. They're going to find themselves in a spot where they could be a very. They could be a dark horse team. They could be a dark horse team going into the playoffs. You know, they beat. They beat the Rams. Uh, they played uh, Arizona pretty well. The for the two games that they played them in, uh, they sh- they probably should have beat Green Bay in my opinion early on in the year. Um, 
you know, they they I think they heard they had their worst performance. Jimmy G was coming off of uh, coming back from injury and all that. You know, had they I think they had their worst performance of the year against a very very good Colts team, and they beat Minnesota. So I think I I really like this. I really like the San Francisco team, and I think if they can start putting pieces together and starting start getting into a rhythm of winning football games. This team's going to be very, very scary come postseason time, especially with how good they've been playing on the road. Um, but, yeah, we'll move on here to the next game. It'll be probably the game of the week here. We have Bills and Tampa Bay. And this game was just – it was a phenomenal game. The Bills started off slow. I'm still not very happy with their pass-to-run ratio, especially with Josh Allen, All most of those being scrambles with those 12 carries. Um that's the reason this offense isn't clicking. Josh Allen, Josh Allen put them in this position to win this game, and Josh Allen's just a, he's a great quarterback. He's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Um, but it's this offense, Brian Dable's offense. I'm gonna keep going back to it. I'm gonna keep being the dead horse until something changes with this team. But not running the football is costing your team games, and it's very, it's just making your offense very one dimensional, and the offense is just. It's not. It's not fluid. It's not good, and, we're, and we're, we see that. Like only scoring three points in the first half, and then having to fight your way back from seventeen down to have a shot at winning this game in overtime. It it it, it something needs to change on the offensive side, and I know they're not going to change it. It's very late in the year, but it, it it's gonna it's gonna cost them either a playoff spot or it's gonna give them, it's gonna get them a wild card boot uh, this year and. You know that's uh, it, something needs to change. Something needs to change. Josh Allen's playing his butt off, over 100 yards rushing, over 300 yards passing, and it ends up the way it ends up with them losing and then down 17 in the first in the uh, at the end of the first half. It's 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 terrible offensive game planning. Um, it is. It's just terrible offensive game planning, and the defense I think played pretty solid. Yes, they get up 20 points, but. Or they up twenty points in the first half. They up thirty three in the game, but I thought they played pretty solid. I think they, I think they, to me, I felt like they held Tampa Bay to you know as much as they could. Uh, Tampa Bay got going early. You know they punt on their first drive. Buffalo can't do nothing. They go and score a touchdown. Go and score a field goal. You know it's hard to stop Tom Brady when he's rolling, but you know once that second half came down, you got downs. For your Tampa Bay, you get a punt, you got a field goal, you got a punt, you got a punt. And this defense started to finally click and started to, started to play better football, um, you know, in that second half. But, you know, that first half really cost Buffalo. The first half really did. Uh, a lot of it was offensive game planning, then not being able to push the ball down the field. And, you know, the defense, uh, or not defense, but just Tampa Bay just playing great football. You know, they're 6-0 at home. And... They're 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 going to. It looks like they're front runners to get the home. Uh, to get that buy, that first uh, the first round buy. And if if they do, I think it's game over for the NFC. I think I think Tampa Bay just takes over and they win. I think that that's just that's just the way I see it. Uh, Leonard Fournette, one hundred and thirteen yards. You know, very balanced in the offensive uh, approach. I know Tom Brady had seven rushes. A couple of those were scrambles. But if you just look at the ratio between uh, 
Tampa Bay and Buffalo and the run and pass ratio, it's just so different. It's so different, and it's it's what you need on a team. You need more balance on your on your offense, and it when you go to Buffalo, you just get, you just don't get that. You don't get that with Buffalo. Uh, this is just a great win here by Tampa. A great way to end it out. Um, it was uh, that play though at the end of the game that uh, was a Bashar Perryman the 58 yard touchdown. That's why you go out and get a guy like him. That's why you go out and get a guy like him. It's somebody that can be a deep threat. Someone that can come in, who's tall, who's physical. He's very much like a Cordell Patterson. If you can get him in right situations. He's going to go out and make plays for you, and this is and that's what you see in that game. I don't think anybody, I think everybody forgot who Sha, uh, Rashad Perryman was, and people forget that he's a speedster. He's what six two. I want to say let me look at his uh, height here, height and weight here. He's six two, two fifteen, and he runs, you know, as fast as anybody in the NFL. And people forget about that. He gets in the open field and he goes down. And he wins both, or he wins Tampa Bay the game. And just a just a great win by Tampa. This is a bad loss by Buffalo. They're on the edge of not making the playoffs, and I don't think they will. You know, they play New England again. Uh, I don't really see them beating them. I think New England's just a way better coached team at the moment, and just on a hot streak. And I just don't see Buffalo bounce uh, getting back into a rhythm. Because they've looked out of rhythm for such a long time. Uh, so it's just, it's, I don't like the way this team's uh, going. But we're on the Sunday night here. We have Justin Fields against Aaron Rodgers. Justin Fields won the first half. He won the first half. And then you go into the second half. They only put up nine yards of total offense or seven yards of total offense before the last two garbage time drives. It's just... I'm uh, I don't want to get into it too much. I don't want to be a dead horse about it, but it's it's uh, it's just it is what it, it is what we've seen all year from Chicago, where you know play calling, players not making plays, players dropping passes, this and that. It's it's just the same stuff on repeat from uh, you know from uh, from the Bears from Manhattan. From a Matt Nagy led Bears team, uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, you can't stop him. Chicago just can't stop him. It's pathetic watching Chicago try to stop him. It's very mental. You know, we've seen other teams play uh, Aaron Rodgers to perfection. We've seen the Bears do it a couple times. It's just mental. It's very. It's on the mental side of everything. You know, scoring thirty points, laying at forty five. This is the highest scoring Bears Packers game I think I've seen in my lifetime. Like, it's what? Like, you can't stop him. It's very mental on the Bears side where they're just like, he's beaten us so many times. Why can't we beat him? Is I think at this point, it's just a mental game with Chicago because Aaron Rodgers, you know, great quarterback, but we've seen teams stop him. We've seen teams minimize him. We've seen teams beat him. And I know it's hard to do that, but. To lose 22 times or however many times it's been, I've lost count, is awful. It's terrible. Especially when you've had teams that have been, you know, playoff caliber teams that, you know, when they play the Packers, they kind of lose all momentum off stride because they get into their head that we can't beat the Packers. We're not going to 
we're not going to win the Super Bowl. And we're starting. We see that with the Bears every single year, and it's just it's it's hard to watch. It is hard to watch. It's it's just it's awful. It's 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 hard to watch a Bears Packers game now because it, every time they play them with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, it's they get it they get in their head and they let Aaron Rodgers put forty five on them with ease. And it's just it's it sucks to see that as a Bears fan. But you know I'll say this before I go into the Monday night game and wrap up the podcast. Justin Fields keeps improving. You know, and this offense is starting to find some uh, players in it that are going to make plays. Jakeem Grant, I think, was a huge pickup for them. And I hope, hopefully, he's there for next year, uh, next year with the team. Because they need somebody of his speed. Because you you rarely get somebody of his speed uh, on your team and his ability to change the game, uh, you know, with. You know, with like just the just the way he's able to do stuff on special teams and offense, where you know he can go from a nine yard having a ninety yard touchdown to having a forty six yard uh, reception for a touchdown, he was he was just phenomenal. He was just phenomenal in that uh, in the game or in that Sunday night game, and the Bears need to keep him. The Bears need to keep him. Uh, Cole Komet is somebody that is very shaky to me. Has all of the intangibles. But has not put it together yet. He needs to start putting it together. Uh, Darnell Mooney's Darnell Mooney, uh, who have a great game, who have some of the games where, you know, it looks like he he's a you know fifth or sixth round draft pick that he was. So it um, he need, I think he needs to get more weight on him. In my opinion, Darnell Mooney needs to get more weight so he can beat some of the press man coverages. Um, but all in all, I think this Bears team is improving, but it's not where it should be. You know, this team, this team's the playoff caliber team, and they're not playing like it at all. And that's the reason they're 4-9. But we'll move on here to the Rams at Arizona. And the Rams look like they had a they, – look, they look rejuvenated. They look very, very just rejuvenated. They look like uh, – you know, I, I'm trying to think of when their bye week was here. Um so when they when they play, yeah, they played them last week, or they played the Jaguars the week after that. So the Rams, I'm trying to think when they played the Packers, or yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm completely blanking on when the Rams had their bye week. Uh, but this but this Jaguars game is it was kind of like a bye week. I think that's where I was getting at, and I kind of lost my thought there. But, yeah, I think the Jaguars game was kind of like a bye week for them, playing a really bad team, and you're looking to get back into a rhythm uh, that you were in early in the year, and they got back in that rhythm. And this this is some of the best football they played all year. This is this is some of the best football they played all year. This was a very, very good win. Kyler Murray, I still have worries about him playing in prime time. Uh you know, a couple of interceptions. He hasn't played particularly well in prime time, um, and it and in this game, a couple of those interceptions were ju- just not good. You know, he made a couple of amazing throws down the field to Christian Kirk to you know AJ Green. Uh, James Conner has been a huge picker for them. I know he's not really doing much on the ground. He's getting a lot of uh, goal line stuff, and his yards per carry may be hurt by that. But him in the receiving game, nine catches, ninety four yards. Getting and I'll say this for somebody who's watched 
you know, air raid offense all year. You know, they the usage of running backs in the passing game, I feel like isn't utilized a whole, whole lot. And that's just an air raid offense in general. But Cliff Kingsbury getting James Conner involved in the passing game, it just opens up so much more with this offense. And it opens so much up, so much more up with the receivers. Um, but I think, just me, I think the Arizona just they, – they, I don't know if they're ready for prime time. I don't know if they're ready for the prime time game to put their foot down and to go out and to clinch and to win prime time games, playoff caliber games. I don't know if they're there yet. I think they're too a little bit just too young. Uh, I think if J.J. Watt was there, it would be a little bit of a different story. But I don't know if Kyle is there. I don't know if Kyle is all there yet to go out and win on prime time. Um, but Matthew Stafford looks like he is. <laughs> Matthew Stafford looks like he's been waiting in the wings on a very ba- in a very bad organization to go out and prove himself. Uh, each and every week, but what a what a great what what a great win here by the Rams, and what a great momentum building here because they got um, you know Seattle, Minnesota, you know the next two next two games, two easy wins they can get to eleven and four. Then they got Baltimore, who Lamar looks like he. It depends on how much Lamar is injured here. Let me see if they have an update, and I missed it. Since I haven't had Wi-Fi here in a couple, uh, in a couple of days, uh, well, let me look up Lamar, Lamar's injury, uh, real quick. Uh, so it, it it looks like a high ankle sprain is what it is what it might be. Uh, but yeah, he's not playing the week after uh, against the. Uh, I'm blanking on the team they're playing. Um, let me see who's – I'm blanking on the team. Uh, uh, Minnesota – or the Ravens are playing uh, next week. So, yeah, he's not playing next week against the against the Packers. Yeah, uh, he's not – I knew it was the NFC team. I forget who it was. So, yeah, it, yeah, it's – yeah, so it's – so I don't know if that Baltimore team is going to be good by the time that game comes around. And then San Francisco – uh, it's going to be a very interesting game at that point, but the Rams are putting themselves in a spot here to where if they can, if Arizona can drop one more game, if Green Bay can drop one game to either Baltimore, uh, Minnesota, uh, I'm blanking on the other team. That they get a face this, uh, the 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 last game of the or one of the last games of the season. I'm completely blanking on it. I know they got the Lions. I think, uh, but yeah, if you look at Arizona, you got Colts, Dallas, Seattle. Three hard games, especially with the way Seattle's been playing here recently uh, and starting to get back into a rhythm. So the Rams could easily just even get a home home uh, wild card game and win the division. Uh, over the Cardinals, but you know, I think they're putting themselves in in a spot here. And Tampa Bay can easily just as lose to a team like New Orleans because they, you know, they struggle against New Orleans. Uh, Tampa Bay has struggled against New Orleans in the Tom Brady era. You know, they're only three in the regular season against them, so you never know. 
You never know. The Rams might be able to pull off a miracle and get the first round uh, by, but you know it's gonna be it's gonna I'll say this, it's gonna be fun to watch these games down the stretch here and see how things shake up. But thank you all again for listening, and I'm glad to be back. And I know Houston will be back for the predictions, and you know our schedules just couldn't line up here on Wednesday, and you know that was due partly to you know not having Wi-Fi here on Tuesday. But I just want to appreciate y'all for listening, and uh, yeah, make sure to follow the the podcast on Twitter at Spark Talk Two. Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Spark Talk, and make sure to follow Houston at Varsity Ginger Fifty Five and me at underscore Sparky underscore Four on Instagram. So thank you all again for listening and I will see y'all tomorrow for the predictions podcast.